This podcast may contain explicit language. Welcome to the Dynasty Download, the show where we prove Dynasty League fantasy is the best form there is. I'm Tom Duncan. Co-host, Ethan Hamilton. And tonight we are looking forward to the Super Bowl this coming weekend, as well as some off-season news. But first, a few housekeeping notes. If you'd like to contact the show or have a question for us, please write us at DynastyDownload10 at gmail.com. If you'd like to be on our mailing list this year or going forward, please send us a note there. Also, you can now follow us on Twitter at dydownload2020. And you can now find every episode of the show on dynasty-download.captivate.fm. Finally, please follow, rate, and review the show so that more people can discover that Dynasty Fantasy is the best form there is. So let's start with some of the off-season headlines that we didn't get to or were after our last episode last week. And again, I promise this is going to be probably one of the busiest off-seasons we're going to have, but... Let's just go through the coaching carousel as I saw it from this last week. Number one, Doug Peterson, which we rumored on the show last week, is now the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oddly enough, a guy who I hadn't seen as a high candidate until maybe sometime last week, Lovey Smith is now the head coach of the Texans. He was their defensive coordinator. He gets elevated from within. Former head coach or interim head coach for the Las Vegas Raiders, Rich Bisaccia is now the special teams coordinator of the Packers. Mike McDaniel, the offensive coordinator for the 49ers, is now the head coach of the Dolphins. And on a uh, secondary note, the 49ers actually get a second and third round pick for developing a diversity hire because you wouldn't necessarily know it by looking at him, but I guess he is biracial. No, I didn't know you get... I didn't know that you got draft picks for that. So if you would develop a diversity hire within your organization and then they get promoted outside to like a head coaching or coordinator position, you get extra draft picks as of, I think, last year. It's part of their diversity program to try and promote within another edition of the Rooney rule. But again, given the stakes of the Flores suit and everything we talked about last week, just a small addendum I wanted to throw in. Wink Martindale, who was fired as the defensive coordinator of the Ravens, is going to become the defensive coordinator of the New Giants under Brian Dable. Dennis Allen is going from the defensive coordinator position to head coach of the Saints, another hiring from within. And that's the coaching carousel at the moment. Which of these do you think has the most potential impact on fantasy going into next year? I think it's got to be Doug Peterson to Jacksonville, right? Uh, Absolutely agree. You feel as though you saw what he did with Nick Foles. Now he's got a number one overall pick in Trevor Lawrence. And just to have some stability over there at that franchise, something that they haven't had in a very long time. And Doug Peterson, he's been around a while. He's been in the league a very long time. I know he hasn't been a coach for that long, but he knows the in and outs of the NFL. Um, I would consider him to probably be a player's coach, somebody that you'd really want to play for. So uh, for sure, that one's got the biggest impact. For me, with the pedigree that he brings into that job and how much they wanted a big-name head coach, he was probably one of the best coaches on the market, and I thought this was a slam dunk if anybody could make it happen. For him to walk into a situation where he's going to have two young running backs who we both know are good, but they're going to be coming off of injury, a stable of different wide receivers and pass catchers that haven't reached their peak or ability yet, a developing offensive line, at least the 
start of a core of a defensive line, the number one overall pick and a franchise quarterback, I think he steps into a great situation where we already know he can develop offenses and that he's going to be very capable. I would actually think that if you hadn't invested in Trevor Lawrence to this point, you may have missed your window. Any others of these that you think has any major impact? No, not really. A lot of them were kind of puzzling to me, like the Saints job and the Texans job. But I feel like those are two situations where I don't think a lot of coaches want to go into that. Somebody from the outside that's looking for a place to win, because I don't really think that those are going to be two places that you can win at right now. The Saints, depending on what they do with their cap situation, but I just don't think those were two highly um, desirable jobs. And I think that's why they got the hires they did. To me, the Lovey Smith hiring just says that they're looking for another scapegoat. And if that's the case, why not let David Culley continue in that job? You know that Lovey Smith is not going to be in that job three years from now. There's just absolutely no way that's going to last. Dennis Allen, to me, at least feels like they are trying to prolong the culture that the Saints have built upon defense. He was the assistant head coach. He had already done the interim title this year when Sean Payton had COVID. I think that was kind of the natural fit is that they didn't want to change their culture too much and they didn't get rid of Sean Payton. He walked away from them. So for them to promote from within, I think was a little bit more natural, but given that the rest of these are not really offensive hires, and that's usually what you look for with a fantasy situation instead of the defensive hires, the one exception being Mike McDaniel, but Mike McDaniel now comes from the Shanahan tree. And we already talked about, we already got the offensive coordinator for the Rams, who's supposedly going to take over the Vikings job. We got somebody that was uh, a part of the uh, Matt LaFleur tree in at least two different spots, taking over different offenses in the NFL. And then we got two coordinators from offense that came from the Belichick tree. So realistically, again, we're getting a lot of the similar offensive styles and types in these capacities. Now, again, as far as the Mike McDaniel situation, if you can take a marginal quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo and at least make him decent and make the rest of that team decent, I think there are opportunities on the Dolphins, even if it's not necessarily going to be with Tua, that maybe you can get something done with a Jacoby Brissett or another backup marginal starter if they're going to have problems. So I really do think that that could end up being the sneaky hire out of these. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Everyone wants the next best thing, right? So I, I feel like that's what a couple of these hires were, especially that one. So we'll see. I just don't know if two is the guy. I don't either, but I guess time will tell. I know that they're going to commit to him through the rest of next year, and you got to like that they're trying to at least develop him as the next quarterback, given a guy that you know is for an offensive system and at least has done something with a marginal quarterback before. I like the fact that Jalen Waddle already had a great year. If they get a running back in, if they re-sign maybe Mike Gusecki, then this is a place where you might say that that offensive system could lead to some better things for some fantasy players and isn't a fantasy dumpster fire like it has been in years past. All right, so let's see here. The only other offseason story that I saw other than the Pro Bowl, which who cares as long as nobody got hurt, was unfortunately a situation that we're going to have to be a little bit careful about. I don't want to speculate too much, but what its potential outcome and impact could be if something happens before next season. And that's Alvin Kamara getting arrested after the Pro Bowl. Yeah. I mean, I don't, we don't know too much about it. I really don't want to 
say something that I don't know too much about. I mean, we know he got arrested. We know somebody got beat up, but yeah, only time will tell. But I guess on the surface, it's not a great look. If it's a cut and dry thing, I wonder if this is going to move faster than some of the other cases. Obviously, we've talked about the Sean Watson case a lot, but whether or not you'd end up with a situation like Ezekiel Elliott got suspended for, what was it, four to six games, something like that. I wonder if he would get suspended potentially under the conduct policy, and then that becomes an issue for him next year as far as whether you're drafting or not. It's really early to tell. I mean, we're not even a full week out from the initial situation, and it's still developing as far as the police, but it doesn't look good. I would agree with you on that. So let's just move past that one before we have to discuss it too much further. And let's look forward to Super Bowl 56. Cincinnati and the Los Angeles Rams, technically Cincinnati at the Los Angeles Rams, they will be the second team ever to host the Super Bowl in their home stadium. The Rams are currently sitting as four and a half point favorites, bet up from the original three and a half point spread to begin. But let's discuss this in the same way that we have all playoffs and each matchup, starting with better quarterback. Matthew Stafford or Joe Burrow? Honestly, I feel like I could go a push on this. I know Matt Stafford makes a lot of errors, a lot of kind of just dumb interceptions, but there's a lot of normal plays, or not normal, there's a lot of plays that he makes look normal that really aren't as normal as they should look. And I think just the way Joe Burrow right now is playing is just extraordinary. So I'm going to go push. Uh, I think they're both kind of equal. I would agree with you on a talent basis. But I'm going to go with Joe Burrow, at least on the clutch basis. Joe Burrow has won every playoff game he's been in, in both high school, college, and now the pros. This is a guy that seems to win a lot of close games. He seems to be able to play his best when the lights are brightest. And Matthew Stafford has crumbled under the pressure. This is the first time that he's won playoff games was this season. So if you're just looking for the guy who I think is going to give you the advantage to win in a clutch moment, I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. Better coach for you, Zach Taylor or Sean McVay? Uh, short and sweet, Sean McVay. He's already been to a Super Bowl before, so experience for sure. But yeah, Sean McVay. I think Sean McVay has a weird tendency to outthink himself during games, notably the two challenges he made during the NFC Championship game and the fact that he was missing timeouts for like the last five minutes of that game. But Zach Taylor was his quarterback's coach. He developed under Sean McVay. I think Sean McVay has the easy matchup advantage in this one. Better defensive line, the Cincinnati Bengals or the Los Angeles Rams. One of them has Aaron Donald. The other one does not. Yeah, that's basically the the answer to this question. So Rams, Aaron Donald, Von Miller. I think the only time it was close was when they played the 49ers. Well, I take that back. They played Tampa Bay, and that was kind of close too. But we've basically established it as, do you have Aaron Donald? Yes. Okay, then you probably have the better defensive line. X factor for you in this game. Uh, for me, it's uh, got to be the Bengals' offensive line. They got to keep Joe Burrow upright if they stand a chance to win this football game. I'm going to go with the secondary wide receivers. We all know the story of how well the top two receivers for each team have played Cooper cup and uh, Jamar chase. And we've talked about it a lot on the show during the course of the playoffs through the fantasy season, as they were two of the top five performers at their position. But I think this game is going to be decided on because I think both defenses are going to swing coverage to both of those guys. How much, 
do Odell Beckham Jr. and T. Higgins produce on the biggest stage? Whichever of them probably has the better day, for me, will probably win the game. Uh, Our picks for this game, who are you taking? I I have a feeling you're going Cincinnati. I'm going Cincinnati, man. I've been pretty decent with my upset picks so far this Super Bowl, so I'm going Joe Burrow and Cincinnati, man. Boy, I have kicked this around on paper. The Rams should walk away with this one easily. I really don't see a reason to pick the Bengals if you just go through all of the matchups. So it's only based on irrationality that you pick the Bengals. And yet, for whatever reason, I think I'm going Cincinnati. Oh, jeez. I I know. (laughs) I think I've been on the Rams up until maybe the last two days, and that may change yet again. But as far as official picks on the show, I'll go with Cincinnati for now. All right, MVP pick then. If Cincinnati pulls this off, the MVP for sure is Joe Burrow, right? Um, I guess I can see Joe Mixon maybe getting in the mix, but I, I think it would be Joe Burrow. If nobody else is the primary receiver, I could see somebody like T. Higgins or Jamar Chase possibly, but I think you're probably right. It's probably Joe Burrow that ends up doing it because he's going to end up throwing to a lot of different receivers during the course of this game. I think there is a case to be made that if this is a running game, type of win that maybe Joe Mixon gets it, but I don't think that Joe Mixon's going to have a lot of success on the ground. So I think they're going to have to spread the ball out. I think that Joe Mixon is primarily going to be involved actually in the passing game as opposed to the running game and a lot of check down passes. So this is going to be a situation where I think Cincinnati is going to have to spread it out and try and throw the ball. And if that's the case, then it's likely going to be Joe Burrow if Cincinnati wins. All right. Playoff over unders. And we'll go through the championship games that we had down. So Patrick Mahomes, 26 and a half rushing yards. We both took the over. He went under for that one. Jimmy Garoppolo, 225.5 passing yards. You were under. I was over. He had 232 yards. Cam Akers, 59.5 rushing yards. We both took the over. I was under initially, and then I changed it. I should not have done that because he only had 48 yards. That unfortunately went the wrong way for both of us. Matthew Stafford, 35.5 passing attempts. You took the under. I took the over. It was 45 attempts. And finally, T. Higgins, 70 and a half receiving yards. We both took the over. He had 103 and was the leading receiver in that AFC championship game. On the season, I am 38 and 35. You are 36 and 33. And Dana is three and two from that one week that he had. So Super Bowl 56 props over unders. Joe Mixon, 64.5 rushing yards, over or under? Yeah, I feel like that's a decent amount of rushing yards. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the under as well. Exactly. I I really don't see that Cincinnati is going to have a lot of great success trying to run the football. And I think both of these teams are going to have tough days trying to run the football. Odell Beckham Jr., five and a half receptions, over or under? Uh, I'm going to take the under, actually. I'm going to take the over. I think this is a situation where they're going to have to double and triple Cooper Cup to try and take him out of the game, particularly with the way that Cincinnati has to play. And they don't have that one shutdown corner like Jalen Ramsey has been lobbying to be put on Jamar Chase for this weekend's game. I think that Odell Beckham has another big game like he had in the NFC Championship game. Joe Burrow, 273.5 passing yards, over or under? Uh, I'm going to take the over. I'm taking the Bengals to win. So that's got to be, that's got to happen for them to win. So I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the over as well. 
because I think they're going to be a lot of yards, but it's more likely going to be a field goal type back and forth game in that direction. I don't think there's going to be a lot of touchdowns in this one, but I'll take the over. Longest pass completion, 38.5 yards, over or under? I'm going to take the over. <laughs> Cooper Cup is in this game. He can take a 15-yard or 40 yards, no problem, just with Yak. Well, so can Jamar Chase, so can T. Higgins, so can Odell Beckham Jr. You have a lot of explosive receivers in this one. And I'd be tempted to go on the over, but I'm actually going to take the under on this one. I really do think that uh, this is going to be a limited game, that this is going to be kind of a grinded-out possession you know, multiple 10, 12 play drives in order to get points. So I'm going to take the under on that one. Finally, T Higgins, 68.5 receiving yards over or under. I'll take the over actually on that. I'll take the over as well. It's a double two. Yeah. I think he has a decent day as the number two. Yeah. I think that again, this is a game that's going to be defined by the two number two wide receivers. And so if he has a good game, that's where Cincinnati wins. I picked Cincinnati to win the game. So I think he's going to have another big game. So just a quick recap on the fantasy playoff draft. You have 340.5 points and Jamar Chase remaining. I have 466.35 points and also Cooper Cup, Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, and Sony Michelle, who I guarantee is going to get less than two points. So I think this one is probably over. You still feeling confident on Jamar Chase? Yeah, you asked me this last week. Same answer. Okay. Just checking. Just thought I'd check in with you. All right. Before we quickly close, any last thoughts really for the season? We're going to have our wrap-up episode after the Super Bowl next week, but any major thoughts or movements going on in the uh, old noodle? No, no, nothing. I'm kind of checked out of fantasy right now. just taking a little break, but um, I hope it's a pretty exciting Super Bowl. I really don't hope this is something that's over by halftime. Yeah, it really kind of sucked last year. And every time the Super Bowl is a blowout and you turn it off for basically the second half, it really doesn't leave that satisfied feeling that you want at yeah, the end of the year. It just feels like the end of the year is just blah. You want to be treated to this great game. And unfortunately, over the last several Super Bowls, while we've had some good games, we've had some real stinkers. That Rams Patriots Super Bowl was still crap. And uh, I don't know what happened in last year's Buccaneers Chiefs Super Bowl, but. Please, no more of that, because then all I look forward to is the halftime entertainment. Nobody wants that, although I am looking forward to this halftime entertainment this particular year. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. Like I said, I just hope that it's close, especially for someone like Joe Burrow with his first. I mean, just big game after big game. You said it yourself from high school to college to now here in the pros. So I just want to see a great game. So any big plans to watch the game? No. Not at all. Packers aren't in it, so it's not really a celebration. I suppose. I believe I will be watching it on my couch by myself yet again. <laughs> like the football nerd that I am. Yeah, I'll be chasing a child around, get, watching some plays here, watching some plays there, but it'll be fun. Training her up to be the next kicker of the Super Bowl winning Packers in 2056. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. (laughs) Thank you to all the listeners and dynasty players out there. We appreciate you. We will be back again next week to recap the Super Bowl and end season two of the show. But until then, good luck to all the Super Bowl teams. Go Bengals. Who day? If you'd like to contact the show or have a question for us, please write us at dynastydownload10 at gmail.com. 
Also, you can now follow us on Twitter at DYDownload2020. Find every episode of the show at dynasty-download.captivate.fm. And, as always, please follow, rate, and review the show so that more people can discover that Dynasty Fantasy is the best form there is. This podcast was mixed, produced, and edited by Thomas Duncan. It is a production of Ronnie Duncan Studios. Our music is thanks to Purple Planet Music. Our technical provider and distributor is Captivate FM.